Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. This is Simon Severino, your host. And my guest today is the managing director of 375 Park Associates in New York, strategic growth advisors that help middle market investors and business owners overcome challenges in their portfolio. The firm also manages a small family office and currently has investments in real estate, technology, alternative energy, solar and wind, as well as cannabis. Welcome everybody, Greg Thomas. Hi, Simon. Thanks for having me. I hope you're well. Super cool to have you here. And because we will unpack how to run a team during COVID, why <laughs> asset protection matters, and why business owners should be tactical in these funky days. Very relevant questions. I am ready to take notes. And <laughs> let's go. So, Greg, what are you currently creating? Well, you know, I don't know if I'd say we're we're creating anything. Our business is a little bit different from others. You know, if I look at the main thing that 375 Park does, and we're really like the plumbers of the finance world. Yes, we have some algorithms that we run, that we work on, you know, for our risk index and our growth out opportunity index. And we use those on client engagements as well. But the bulk of our work is providing, let's say, due diligence, valuation, and strategic advisory solutions to our clients. Uh, for example, we've worked with uh, Dreamer, which just launched, and we've been working with them for about two years. And the app uh, has gained tens of thousands of users each month. And it's yeah, just awesome. I'm sorry. Oh, you are? Cool. Uh, and and you, so you know they've just been named one of the best tech startups of 2020 by the New World Report. Um, beyond that, we are working with you know a fast growth, uh, fast growing tech services company in San Francisco. And, you know, we're providing support solutions to a cannabis group in Massachusetts and another family office as well that's currently um, acquiring construction service companies in the northeast of the U.S. Super excited. And before we go to your first CEO tip, which is so relevant right now, let's thank the sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. CEO tip number one, how to run a team during these funky times. <laughs> well, you know, it's be flexible. We are definitely in a changing world and, you know, organizations need to adjust to survive. Uh, I think the other thing you can take of it is take those adjustments and find ways to make them part of your regular process so that they become a, a you know, advantage in the market, both as COVID continues and then as we eventually come out of this and, and get into, you know, the world life after COVID. So, you know, our team, we had last week, we had somebody uh, flooded their house uh then two weeks ago we had somebody being middle in 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 these huge fires then three weeks ago some of our team had COVID. so these oh, are really interesting times and 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 you are also not currently home right Where are you? <laughs> yeah i've been in thailand i guess there's worse places to be but uh my 
my wife's from here. Um, we've been in Thailand since the start of the year. We came over before COVID and then the whole world basically shut down and we've just decided to stay here. It makes for some funky working hours. You know, like I said, you be flexible. I mean, you're, you're living it. You make plans. You try to get through them as best as possible. I think the bigger thing is just how do we keep moving the ball forward and then finding different ways to do that? In this day and age, it's not like it's easy to get everybody together in, in a room and pound something out. You know, we've got we've to constantly be thinking out, outside of the box and finding new ways to get it done. And also trusting our people, um, you know, that they will do the work. And, and if your people are like, you know, the people that I work with, you know, they've risen to the challenge. Everything that's been thrown at them this year, they've risen to the challenge. Your second CEO tip is that asset protection matter and uh, cash is still king. Can you unpack yeah. that? Well, this was probably was very true in the spring and summer months. And I think looking at how we're trending in the U.S. and in Europe, it's going to be true going into the winter as well. Um, in this sorts of situations where there's a lot of uncertainty in the market, your best protection is making sure you've got cash available to you. Could be lines of credit. It could be working with customers to making sure they're still paying. It could just be in cutting down costs to make sure that the that you're retaining the cash that's coming in instead of watching it go back out. Um, what we've seen, and it, it got a little bit better into the summer and the fall, and I, I think it's going to start to tighten up again, is clients rethinking their capital investment strategies, largely because are we going to put a million or two down on some project that really isn't going to pay off for two or three years? Or do we hold on to that cash now? Again, be flexible. Let's see what's coming in the next four, six, eight weeks and use that as kind of a rainy day fund if we need it. How much leeway should entrepreneurs have? We discuss sometimes it should be around six months. Some do 12 months, some do three months, some do one month. I, I, it's funny because I was literally on a call before before I joined you with another client. We were talking about this because they're launching a new business division. Um, to be honest with you, there's no set answer. It depends on the type of business that they're in. But let's say it's a SaaS type business or a consulting type business. You know, there you're probably looking at about six months reserve to get, to get you through. And that'll give you enough time. You don't want to wait until the fifth month to start. Oh, my God, we need to. We need to cut back costs, but, but you know, you're tracking that and you're, and you're seeing that your burn rate, you know, by month two, you, you can start to make adjustments because you, it's very clear at that point that the world isn't what you thought it was going to be. Other industries where it's capital, but capital intensive, especially for your working capital requirements or equipment requirements, in this environment, you'd like to have a year. Now, if you don't have that, then you really got to really got to look at your P&L. You've got to look at your cash flow. You've got to work with your suppliers and you've got to work with your customers to try and generate cash in any way you can. Um, even to the point where you're just re you're renegotiating how you pay for things, it's giving you enough breathing room so that you can get through this. Your third CDO tip is about that we should be tactical 
uh, instead of long term right now. But before we go there, who do you sure. nominate for the strategy award? Well, can I nominate two people? Sure. Thanks. Uh, you know, the first person that came to mind would be uh, Catherine Lewis from DMAS. You know, they're making a difference by connecting industry to radically uh, transformative innovation. The company received funding from Merck a couple of years ago, and since then they haven't looked back. Uh, they really are reinventing how companies approach strategy and innovation. Um, the second person, and we were talking about this before, is uh, Daniel Einhorn from Capital Mid from the Capital Midwest Fund in Wisconsin. Um, now you might not think of Wisconsin as a hub for early stage companies, right? But this fund has a solid track record, uh, you know, in investing in companies. And a thesis that I think is unique. Um, a good process for onboarding companies and the returns have been phenomenal, phenomenal, you know, in many ways, they're setting the standard for early stage invest investors, especially those who aren't in San Francisco or Austin or New York. Super cool. And your third CEO tip is we should be tactical. Yeah, you know. A lot of times as CEOs, we start thinking about the strategy and the long-term vision, and it makes sense. Those things are sexy, and we've got more control about putting them on paper. But when we're, let's face it, we were in a competitive market before COVID, and technology was transforming almost every industry. With COVID and the economic uncertainty that comes with this, we've not only seen the cycles of innovation speed up, right? Everybody's working remotely now. Um, but we've seen the need for us to change our business, dramatically change our business processes in this, in this last eight, 10, 12 months. Some of that will have strategic impact, but at this point in time, it's about being in the foxholes or, or, or near the front lines, making the decisions to help you get through day to day, month to month, week to week. Yeah. You don't want to lose vision. You don't want to lose you know, your vision of what the future is for the company. But at the end of the day, it's what we do here and now, which will help us to be positioned for that future. What we are discussing a lot with our clients, because we, we have clients going through the 90-day W revenue program where they get one-to-one -one coaching from CEOs. Yeah. And so they are discussing a lot, how much should I do long-term, like branding, marketing, like doing the podcast, writing white papers, stuff that materializes next year versus should I just do half the day sales, half the day product, super sharp focus on that and just do nothing else. What's your take? Well, you know, if you're, if you're doing it to double sales in 90 days, I think, I think we're probably fairly well aligned. Yes. You'd still need to do the branding and in, in the podcasting, in, in the white papers and so on, but that should not be your sole effort. If anything, that's probably 10, 15% of your time if we looked at it over a day or a week. Really, it's got to be about building rapport with your current customers, developing relationship with, with customers you're seeking to onboard in the next quarter. And, and then, you know, from there, focusing on innovate, you know, the, those marginal innovations inside of the products that you already have or that you're bringing to market and then ramping them up. You know, another thing, I'm sure you see it if you're doing these seminars, how many how many early stage companies aren't really looking at the return they're getting from their sales and marketing channels and then tweaking the mix, right, to make sure 
make sure it's really paying off. I can tell you stories. We have we have Series A and Series B companies that don't know what their current cost of acquisition of a customer is. They yeah. don't know what they will be selling next week. It's it's the, the number one question of our sprint coaches is what's your sales number of next week? And they go like I, I don't know. <laughs> so what are you doing? And it's like the most important thing because it's that's your cash. That's your near term cash coming in, right? Um, and if you don't know where that is. How do you know if in three weeks you can afford to keep the lights on? Yeah, yeah, and that's so relevant right now. I want to know which books touched you recently, but first let's hear sure. from our sponsors. Hey, if you like the tools, go grab them for free at strategiesprints.com slash tools. You touched by some audiobooks, books, podcasts, whatever lately. Sure. Uh, like everybody, you know, in this day and age, you know, we're constantly hoovering up information. But the two books that I'm kind of reading right now, well, one I'm rereading, re it's been years. Um, and the other one is because it's a, a passion of mine. The first one is Talib's, uh, you know, Fooled by Randomness. The book's almost 20 years old, but it's just as relevant today as it was when it was first published. And if you're, if you're not familiar with Nicholas Talib, at least for my money, he's one of the the, the the preeminent thinkers on risk in our time. And if 2020 isn't all about risk, I don't know what it is. Um, and you know, he really talks about how we tend to we tend to think that things are just because of luck and not seeing the pattern in it. And at the same and at the same time, thinking thinking things that don't have a pander that are completely completely random whole thing is that we, we really don't understand risk, even though we're surrounded by a world of risk. Um, other book that I'm reading right now, and it's really not a business book, but I love cycling. You know, I do about 150 to 200 miles a week. So I'm reading Half Man, Half Bike by uh, uh, about Eddie Merckx. Now, I'll never be in the pro peloton. Um, it's just amazing. His the guy won 450 professional races. They called him the cannibal for a reason. His ability to just ride and ride and ride and all of that pain aside and keep going on the bike no matter what uh, is just amazing. Oh, tell us more about the making. I was a triathlete before all okay. the things and, uh, and my, my pain point was the bike. I always loved the swimming and the running, but I never became a biker. So tell me about the passion. What, what bike do oh, you have? I love it. You know, I played, rug I played rugby for 30 years. And the one thing I hated about rugby was the running. <laughs> but, you know, I, I and now because I played rugby for 30 years, I'm, I'm not quite 50, but my lower body is already getting a pension. Um, so, so I can go on the bike and I can ride for hours at a time and I don't feel pain. But if I tried to run, you know, 100 meters or, or, or a mile or something like that, I, I won't be able to walk the next day. So. So for me, it's just a way to stay active. It's also a way, you know, it's just part of our routine, which is important now more than ever. Oh, yeah. I can go out on the bike for an hour or two and I can grind over a problem set I'm, I'm, I'm doing at work. Or I can think about the strategy or a tactical problem that we're facing. And then I can come back refreshed, really invigorated. And, and, and maybe I've got a whole new way to think about what I was facing before I got in the saddle. So do you train outdoor or indoor? 
Oh, indoor riding. I know they've tried to make it fun, and Zwift is amazing. Gamification is really cool. Nothing beats riding outdoor, at least for my money. Nothing beats riding outdoors. Now, um, I used to be a bike messenger, so I'm a bit of a wild man on the bike. But um, you, know, you take you take managed risks, right? But, uh, yeah, in in I've ridden now in about eight different countries of the world. So it, you know, it's just amazing. Absolutely. So I, I could never, never, not even in my triathlon years, I would ever do one hour of indoor bike. I cannot do it. Oh. But in March, I have to say, in March, I invested in Peloton because I was guessing that now people would uh, buy that bike and, and it happened. And uh, I hope now in this, the second wave is similar. I'm quite bullish about that. But I, I personally... Uh, nature. Nature is the thing that replenishes that I want to connect with. That's why I do sports, my nature and the nature around me. Right? Yeah. When I was working in the GCC, um, you know, I had my bike with me and I would go out into uh, go out into the desert. Well, not that far, but, you know, right out of town, maybe 40 wow. minutes, an hour or something. And you're out in the desert and then you turn around and you come back. Um, well, I was working an M&A deal in Milan and, you know, you'd go riding go riding in the hills outside of Milan, you know, and I hate the hills, but you know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, when I had my place in Hong Kong and you think of Hong Kong, it's this city all packed in, right? Where I was on Hong Kong Island is the place where they would do the, the student drivers. So there wasn't a lot of traffic and I would do that loop near the stadium or even in mornings I would get up early before all of the traffic and you can actually ride from one end of the island to the other end. So you are a real sprinter. Nothing can stop you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, invest in this guy. So, um, who should be my next guest? Well, you know, there's four people that came to mind. Um, first one was Chris from Dreamer. Oh, since you're already a member, maybe you know him already. Um, yes, Chris no. is just such super cool guy really amazing how he's just kept his focus on this for so long and it's finally starting to pay off and i really believe in what he's doing i can remember telling him back in 18 when we first started working together you know what you've got is recession proof because if at this time people are losing their jobs and and it's their opportunity to do something that's transformative for their for their lives and i think his vision for dreamer it's been just amazing to watch him and how it how it's launched and how it's starting to really gain around the world. Um, the other one is is Catherine from from DMAS. I think you know having her on and talking about what she's doing with AI and what she's doing with innovation and really taking data to create strategy. As a strategy consultant in my past life, when I was a management consultant, yeah, we we'd use the data, but not in the analytical sense that. He's doing with her team and from capital midwest i think is another great guy and um and for all these people i'll get you their details afterwards and in, in, in set up introductions and then the last one is is vibrac vibrac uh Oscarin from question pro out in san francisco he's built a really great company with a healthy arr and a nice EBITDA too and all this without he's bootstrapped it and, and they're doing some great things and they're really poised for growth Wow. Where can people uh, stay in touch with you and read your stuff, watch your stuff? 
Well, <laughs> um, this year, you, you know, we're not creating as much content as we did before, so we need to get back into that. But yeah, obviously, our website, uh, 375parkllc.com, uh, they can email me directly at uh, greg at 375parkllc.com, or they can call the office, you know, 212-763-0159. I'm also on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, though that's a bit work and a bit personal. Uh, you just can search 375 Park Associates who are on Twitter as well. And then Greg's Groove is my Twitter handle if you want to um, be a grumpy old grumpy old guy on Twitter. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Greg, for being here and sharing your, your journey and your wisdom with us. And come back soon. I will. You stay safe. And it was great to talk to you, Simon. Stay safe. Keep rolling. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.